When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Come up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Texture on our new spec. Shouldn't say spec anymore. Can't say spec anymore. Our new text line. They are no longer the sponsor of our text line. Uh, one of our texters says, burn it. I put a green painted horse head on our flagpole at Marble Falls. <laughs> this guy says, I remember when Dripping Springs didn't even have a traffic lighty. That's true. It says, Georgetown rivalry went to Round Rock and spray painted the rock. Dang. Vandalism at its best. I didn't know there was. Is that So there's a Round Rock? Yeah. I guess. Nothing I could... like some good old-fashioned vandalism. Nothing like some good old-fashioned vandalism. Nothing old brings people vandalism. together. <laughs> yeah. Nothing brings the community together more. Uh, we don't yeah. do that at Westlake. Yeah, right. Every time we have a story by Westlake, Ty's got something crazy that happens, ain't he? Uh, well, yeah, it is uh, coming off what we saw at New Mexico, New Mexico State. Uh, there's just some weird stories. we got this coach at Ohio who had to resign in high school football coach for some Nazi plays that he had. Nazi plays. I'm, it turns out that the school they were playing is 90% Jewish. Come on now. What are we doing? What are we doing out there? Colin Kaepernick. Back in the news, uh, because he wrote a letter to the Jets. Uh, that Those are stories that just, uh, you know, been told, been done. Uh, but, yes, we also have the Longhorns getting ready for uh, Kansas. we got the Astros and Rangers and Mariners in a – it couldn't get any closer with uh, – the Astros have four games left. The Mariners and, and uh, Rangers both have five. And uh, two-and-a-half game lead for the Rangers over the Astros, half game lead for the Astros over the Mariners. So that's going to be uh, – uh, uh, right, you know, fight to the finish. It's going to end up like that Notre Dame Ohio State game. Last play of the game is going to decide how that thing plays up. It feels like, uh, but there's uh, there's that. Also, we we'll get our set list ATX at the bottom of the hour. Nick Shuley is back on his birthday, uh, and we appreciate him doing that. Forty third. You said you're going out to dinner tonight with the uh, the lady. Yeah, yeah, we're going to go to Il, Il Bruto, which is one of my favorite Italian restaurants in Austin. Il Bruto. Yeah, it's over on the east side. It's a gorgeous little spot. I got some really good pizza and uh, cacio e pepe. <laughs> All right, pepper pasta. Il bruto. Will you get pasta there? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what I feel. Their pizza is so good, but it's it, like I also get like, both. I know it's it is my birthday. I should is that eat. your favorite kind of food, Italian? Ooh, uh, probably Mexican food. Same. Yeah, it's Mexican Italian for me. Yeah, Italian is number two. I could I could eat Mexican food every day. Tex Mex specifically, if I had to pick between if, if we're doing sub sub genres of food there. Yeah, but yeah, I could eat that every day. I could eat enchiladas every day of my life. Yeah, we were DeAndre Moore and but DeAndre was talking about. He's like he's like every does everybody in Austin just eat tacos for every meal? And I was like, if possible, he's from California. Yeah, right? so he yeah. Should, he should know about that then. Yeah, I've never been to California, but the style of tacos are very the Baja right? kind of Baja style. Oh, more wow. fish, yeah. more well, fish. That's the thing, people. It's yeah. just. Uh, and we we know it here because it's 
you know, just common to have breakfast tacos. If I go see my brother up in the East Coast, they don't what is that burri- a burrito? Yeah, they call it a burrito. What are you talking about? Or how they called uh, queso cheese sauce? And yeah, just melted. Like, yeah. And, and a lot of times it actually is just cheese, cheese sauce. And then when, like... when they come here, they can't figure out. You guys are eating chips and salsa for breakfast. What's going on down here? By the way, uh, coming up on October fourth, this all falls in line together. Nice synergy here. National Taco Day is coming up on October fourth, and according to Yelp, you know the. Uh, the rating site there, Yelp, recently released a list of the nation's top 15 taco towns, and Austin took first place. That's not surprising. Man. Texas is also the capital, of, to, is the home to two of Yelp's top 10 taco joints in the country, with Granny's Tacos at number four and Buenos Saboras. Saboras. I've never heard of either. Yeah, number nine. Me either. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> what was the first one? Just outside of the top 10 is Paprika. I haven't heard of that ATX, either. which is number 16. What was the first one you said? Granny's, Granny's Tacos. Where's that at? I don't know. Got me, brother. Um, Granny's Tacos. Food truck. It's a food truck. And um, the the Buenos one is uh, a food truck. And then, yeah, these are all food trucks. Paprika. Are these the b- best food 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 trucks? No, these are the best tacos. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Man, I I don't know. We're we're pretty close to, to my favorite, uh, which is uh, Texas Honey Ham. That's my favorite breakfast taco uh, in the game. Yeah. Same. Right. I offered you some Texas honey ham. You did, uh, yeah, and I usually would say yes. So I, it was it, my stomach was a little early. That I took morning. it down to Eric Rains at Coke FM, and he said, "Thank you. I'll eat it before he even knew what it was." And he was like, "What is it?" He <laughs> wasn't even out of the aluminum. <laughs> no, no, he, he's it, like, "I'll eat it." Yeah, he's like, "What is it?" By the way, oh man, honey ham. They do they do an amazing breakfast taco. Well, here's a here, truly. Well, and again, this is not just breakfast tacos. It's tacos. So yeah. you, know, you can have tacos for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then overnight, and amen, Taco Cabana or something. But you can put anything in a tortilla and it becomes a taco, right? Or in a taco shell, whichever you're doing. But uh, full list says Austin, number one, according to Yelp. Los Angeles, number two. Phoenix, Las Vegas, Tucson, Oak City, Chicago, Denver, Seattle, and Portland. Chicago. So none of these, none of this is based on breakfast tacos. Because yeah. they don't do breakfast tacos in a lot of those places. So you're talking about, you know, chicken tacos. Because, you know, fajitas are just... It's a taco, right? You make your own taco. Is what you're doing. You're eating fajitas, correct? Am I right about yeah, that? Yeah, but even when I've been, I've been to like Tennessee and Georgia, New York, no Washington, trying up. to eat Mex- like gone to Mexican yeah. restaurants there, and there are still Mexican people cooking the food, but it doesn't taste the same. Who was it? Who even was, the Chewies in Nashville. Was it Lyle doesn't Lovett? Taste the same. Was it Lyle Lovett that said, "Don't eat tacos or barbecue north of Red River"? Who is it that said that? It's just I always think heard, I always yeah. think about that when someone's like, "Oh, let's go get Mexican food." I don't even like Mexican food in Dallas. Yeah, like I, I can't think of like every time I go eat Mexican food in Dallas, I'm like, "This doesn't taste." I the met same. a good friend in Chicago, at one of her favorite Mexican restaurants, and uh, then she sent me the link, and it was Chipotle. So. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's that's your choice, but uh, look again, tacos are are different than breakfast tacos, and breakfast tacos kind of only exist in Texas, I think. But uh, you can get taco because you know. Tacos are when you take a to me a, a tortilla and you fill it with a bunch of stuff and you wrap it up. You're talking like street taco. Here? Yeah, street tacos are really good. Um, you know, just see. I feel like that's, street tacos are more like Californian. Very, and I yeah. like street tacos because it's like uh, it's more authentic Mexican food. Sure, like, and we um, kind of Texas up Mexican food. <laughs> but you said something about Chewy's. It doesn't taste the same in Nashville, but that's by design. When you start branching national chains like that, and you like Chewy's that started here in Austin, and now you're growing. 
they've got to you know you've got to you got to kind of match the palate of the the place you're going. I mean, you, because food people in Nashville expect something different than they do in Texas. Uh, who was I talking? I was talking to the guy at Torchies. Yeah, Tacos Torchies the other day. Is, Torchies is kind of taking that. To, well, Torchies is growing like crazy, uh, and Torchies. I, I met guy John out at the uh, one out by me. And uh, he watches my Eyes on Texas podcast and watches a lot of stuff we do. He's a super nice guy. May want to do something with us coming up. But he was like, yeah, we're changing our menu. So you need to know. We're, we're, cause, and they're changing it to, to format better to other markets that they're moving to. Mm. Uh, so it's like we want it. And we, we need, especially for costs, you know, food costs, we need a little bit. We know what it costs here, but we don't know what that costs in Florida or, or across the South. So you're thinking big picture when you start going super chain. Ooh, I right? wonder if there's a hot chicken one at the Torchies in uh, in Nashville. Yes. Uh, oh, there is. Oh, I, I mean, I, I'd assume so. Right? I'm very interested. What's the what's the fried chicken one? What's it called? The one they have now? Oh, the trade is that trailer, trailer park? park? Yeah, trashy yeah. trailer park. The trashy well, trailer park. You were park at the event last night on the NIL front with the Clark Field crew with uh, DeAndre Moore at Jive Turkey. Yes. Uh, deep fried turkey tacos, which I'd, I'd never had a deep fried turkey taco. Phenomenal. So what was it like little pieces of deep fried yeah, turkey? Yeah, so it's like ground turkey fried, but then it got then it has like the cold lettuce and the, the cheese on top of it. So and like the, turkey the ta- nuggets? The, no, it's more like just ground ground meat. So like ground taco meat in a sense. And it's fried. Like fr- but then they fry it in the shell. And so it's like it's got, oh, it's, oh, it's, Ooh, it's good. It's so good. it's a crunchy taco. And by yeah. the way, somebody said there, according to stats, there are almost 600,000 Mexican folks living in Chicago. I bet if you went in the, in the good parts of Chicago, you could find some really good Mexican food. You can probably, oh, sure. if you know where to find it, probably find not it on Michigan Avenue. Whoever said Mi Casina is good in Dallas, not, no. That's, that's <laughs> specifically what I was talking about when I was saying it's yeah. bad. Chicago is a very international city. So, oh, I mean, you, man, can, you can find, that's why the cuisine's so good there. I mean, that's why Houston's the number one food market in the is it? In, there's in the no US? way it's 600,000 Mexicans, it's Hispanic no. people. Six hundred people from Mexico. Well, there's like there's like eight million people in uh, Chicago proper. I, I will I mean, say I went to a U.S. Mexico game like 15 years ago at the soccer game at the Soldier Field, and it was probably 80 something percent Mexico fans. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, you know, there's there's gonna be ethnic parts of all cities. Which I guess is I've cool. never been. And you mentioned uh, Houston. Uh, Houston is when I grew up in Houston, it was still kind of growing like crazy. It's all it was was growth. It's kind of like Austin is now. When I was growing up, and just construction everywhere, and they're still growing in Houston, but it's such a large melting pot city now. I mean, it's a it's an international city in Houston because people coming from south in New Mexico and South America, people coming obviously, and it's got an amazing food scene these days. It beat out New York for culinary capital of the U.S. Well, very I similar believe. to New York, right? New York bring you know when it was the melting pot and people were landing. I mean, it was the the, the, the you know, Chinatown and the Italian food, and, and that's Houston now. Yeah, Houston's emerging that way. Without a doubt, Rod's talked about his all his kinfolk are from New, New Louisiana. So Katrina pushed a lot of raging Cajuns right right down into Houston, and the the Cajun food scene is unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, Houston has become an absolute international city, without a doubt, more than Dallas. Um, uh, for sure, are Dallas just... has become more destination from Californians and Midwesterners and folks moving to Texas. Houston is an international city. It's crazy uh, yeah. how that is developed. Well, Cynthia Woods Pavilion, I don't know if y'all saw that, got named the number one outdoor music venue in the entire world. Like, and well, I that, used to go there growing up in high school. It, exactly. It's, uh, I mean, it, Houston, Houston's just, the, like, recently, they, I mean, they were always big, but it's, it's become such a, a big international focus recently. All right. Uh, we've got some breaking news. We've got some breaking news, but if you were listening to this show this morning, you knew it was coming. Because uh, now official, according to... Uh, 
according to some reporting out there now, that uh, Connor Wiegman, the young quarterback for Texas A&M, is going to miss the season with the oh. foot injury that he suffered against uh, Auburn. Uh, yesterday they talked about it being a two to four to two to five week kind of injury, but uh, I was told last night that, uh, um, and I couldn't source it another time, but uh, that it was going to be a season ender, and it looks like it's going to be for Connor Wiegman, the A&M quarterback. That's a bad piece of news for them. That means Max Johnson will be the starting quarterback moving forward. The transfer from LSU, uh, that's unfortunate. And as we mentioned earlier, man, your, your season can turn pretty quickly with an injury to a starting quarterback. Um, Texas, you, you know, knock on wood, Quinn Ewers is off to a no-turnover start, very efficient start to his season. He's had some huge moments. And, um, boy, if he continues on this trajectory, Texas is going to be fine. But uh, Texas Tech lost Tyler Shuck for the season to a broken leg against West Virginia. Connor Wiegman now looks like out for the season with his injury against uh, Auburn. Baylor was already playing without Blake Shapin, and they were playing their backup quarterback. Uh, I know down at UTSA, Frank Harris has been hurt for the Roadrunners. I mean, there's just a lot of banged-up quarterbacks. And you just knock on wood. Now you say at the uh, the Jive Turkey event last night, Malik Malik Murphy dropped by. He did. He Malik came by. Uh, Keelan Robinson was there. They all came by to to, to have some uh, some tacos. At, That's cool uh, to support your teammate. Or, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I, I was telling you, he, like Malik looks like a dang defensive end. He is. Uh, he is a large, large man. <laughs> well, remember that picture this summer came out, or in the, early in the summer with the them all with their shirts off, and you're like. Hey man, when you know Arch, Arch has got some six pack abs. He's in pretty good shape. Uh, you know Quinn looks totally different in body type, and then but then there's a Malik, and it's like, who is that dude? Yeah, is that guy playing tight end, defensive end, monster? But uh, nice guy, yeah, Malik re- Murphy, really nice, quiet guy, like really good guy, and and like apparently just a, a a locker room guy that everybody loves. Well, that's been the word is that the quarterback room all gets along very well, and. Um, you know, people are still waiting on Arch Manning to make his debut. There was a thought maybe against Baylor we'd see Arch run on the field when the thing got out of hand, but just Malik Murphy at that point. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, Malik, that he even came back after the spring he had in the spring game, that uh, he's still here. I know NIL helped with that, but um, you hope the best because look, this thing's going to get interesting. Whatever happens this year, I've always said in Quinn Ewers' plan and the Quinn Ewers' family plan is for him to be in the draft in April. Yeah. And I would argue if he stays on this trajectory, keeps playing like this, he will be. Uh, and obviously, if he can lead Texas to something big in the Big 12 championship, because the NFL will showed you last year, Anthony Richardson was drafted on potential. Yep. Uh, and he's already starting for the Indianapolis Colts. So you can say what you, you know, you're like, man, I don't know the Quinn's ready. It doesn't matter if he's ready. Anthony Richardson was a 56% passer last year. At, at Sometimes in games, you couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. I mean, he would just be throwing it all over the place. But a, a rare athlete, a rare specimen, and that's the thing that Quinn has. Quinn has a rare arm. He's got a rare the ability to spin the football and make throws that, that others can't. Uh, and you can't coach that. No. So at the t- in the draft, the NFL is always going to take things they can't coach, traits they cannot coach. Uh, and that's what separates prospects from draft to round to draft round, right? I mean, if, if you can, I can't coach four, two and a half. I can't coach four, three. I can't coach size and, and you know, the God giving feet you have. I can't coach long arms. I can't coach, uh, and that's what they're drafting. And Quinn has that. So, so, I mean, I, I'm so, you know, we're eager to see where this season goes for Texas, Nick, but at the same time, the end of the offseason is going to become equally compelling because what happens with Arch? What does that mean for Arch? And what happens with uh, with Quinn? Because you know people talk about hey, and I still get asked this quite a lot. Do you think the Arch is going to transfer because he's not playing? Like, I, no, I don't. Is no. the answer um, the 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 family understood the quarterback situation when this decision was made? If Arch wanted to go play immediately, he would have gone to Alabama. 
Yeah. Because Arch might be playing right now at Alabama. I mean, that's that, that's not outside the realm, right? If he wanted to go play now, he probably could have. Maybe even at Georgia, he would have been in the conversation with Carson Beck. Now, I think Beck is had been in that program. But with Jalen Milrow and his struggles in the passing game, I mean, they were they were so desperate for quarterback because they went and got Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame to transfer in. because, And he wasn't even that good at Notre Dame. Yeah. They kind of knew what they were getting in that guy. They just brought him in because he knew Tommy Reese's offense and he could help teach the other guys how to run the, the system. And it's still Alabama's offense, too. But, so Arch kind of knew coming in he was going to probably sit this year, and which was good with the, he and the family, I believe. But this summer oh, and this spring, you know, that gets interesting. Well, I, I, DeAndre and I were talking about it last night about the the interesting thing is with these new rules. I love the new rules and the and how the games go quicker and you know it doesn't stop on the first downs, et cetera. But what we're seeing is we're seeing less time for the younger guys because in, in games like that where they're out of control, you know, oh, you that's have right. you have one or two possessions where you're going to get to see Malik, you're going to get to see Arch, and you know DeAndre got in and Jonte got in a little more at the end, like against Baylor, but. Instead of those extra drives, we're not seeing that, so we're not going to have a lot of tape on on how they actually perform in the games or, or things like that. And it, you know, and it also for for somebody like A and M, like it's it's tough because you know if you didn't have a couple mop up games, luckily Max is older and has some has some experience, but you'd be putting throwing someone in the game that's really gotten no snaps. And so I, I think that's an interesting side effect of that. That's it, kind of a bad part. Yeah, I really li- I really like the shorter games. Obviously, you know, it's a little more controlled, but. But like that piece of it, I do I, I kind of miss seeing the younger guys get in and get some of that action. And and credit to Sark for getting the younger guys in in, in more important moments actually. And like Jonte was in there at a, an important piece of piece of the game. Jonte Cook on the you know he caught that deep ball and he's mm-hmm. been in some. But you know I think you'll you'll see he guys stumble. Like, he scored on that. Yeah, one hundred percent. Little stumble and else he was he was oh, good by that guy's lightning in a bottle. So is DeAndre too for that matter. And so like I I think it's gonna be fun to watch those guys grow up. I do think it's interesting for Sark because he's. And you're right about the shorter games and the note, you know, not taking the the clock doesn't stop after you know first downs in the first 58 minutes of each half. It does go faster. It limits possessions, uh, and you know, but but Sark is big. I mean, I think Sark walks an interesting line where he wants to play the young guys a because they're good enough, but he also recruits to it. Yep. I mean, he 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 doesn't promise playing time. No coach, no good coach would. But you know, if you earn it, you're going to play. So John Tay Cook, he's trying to get him on the field um, where he can. But but he also can help the team. Like he got over the top of that safety in a heartbeat at Baylor. He's lightning. I mean that guy. That guy. This goes so back quick. to what Rod talks about all the time. They're putting so much on tape, and you can expect more of it against Kansas. They want Oklahoma to have to work on everything they could possibly do. Uh, you know, Oklahoma's going to have some new wrinkles too. You know that. But at the same time, Oklahoma runs the Art Briles, you know, spread veer. I mean, they they run the offense that. We've seen Sark can do so many things, and this is one of the things you like about this team. If the defense keeps playing good, and as somebody said, doesn't Quinn have zero interceptions? Yes, zero through four games. If that continues, here's why this team will be hard to beat, no matter the circumstance. The defense is playing really consistent football, which is going to keep the score low. The offense, as we said, is at a 21-point quarter in every game. So they have this this Golden State Warrior, Kansas City Chief-like ability to just erupt on you, uh, even if they get stagnant at times. But they can, they can jump on you. And the other thing that they do that I, I that we're really starting to watch come into focus as teams get is it get you know early in the season you've had time to prepare for for these teams all year long, right? You know Texas didn't do a lot of preparation for Rice; they were preparing for Alabama, uh, vice versa. Uh, you know Baylor, you know with their game. I mean even Baylor, who was no competition. Well, Wyoming's a good example. Wyoming played Portland State the week before they played Texas. Well, you know Portland State. You're going to be doing a lot of Texas prep 
using that that you know the Texas idea to get okay we can beat Portland State, uh, which is an FCS school, and then they come in. But those things end as the season goes. Right now you're into your conference grind. Now you're into your you know week to week mindset. And the more Texas puts on film that you have to prepare for as a defense, Nick, and the more time you only get 20 hours a week on the field uh, to prep the to work the or even with the players. So some's on the field, some's in the in the classroom, and in the film room, they show so much. And you know who the key is to the whole thing? We had Mike Craven said this yesterday. Is JT Sanders? Mm-hmm. You know, think about this with JT Sanders and what a problem he is for Big Twelve offenses moving for defense moving forward. They can go the heavy package with six zero line. Plus JT Sanders, right? He's on the field for that. Six O line heavy. They can go eleven personnel, twelve personnel, ten personnel. If you include JT as a receiver in that realm, uh, which would be ten, you know, hybrid ten, eleven personnel with the then spread it wide, go empty, and JT Sanders never leaves the field. Yeah, when they he, when they go empty, how do you stop that? Right. Well, and he they went empty a lot against Baylor. Yeah. But then they would also go jumbo. But the cool part for Sark is is JT Sanders is such a problem. And he's so versatile. He's the one guy that doesn't have to go anywhere. He just stays there, and he's in the heavy packages blocking and can be a receiver. If you go to you know, the, the 11 personnel, which is him as the tight end, and then three receivers in a back. If you go to the two tight ends, he and Gunnar Helmer on the field. That guy is, and, and he, you could argue he is the, the, the fulcrum to what they do that makes them really hard. And defenses have to prepare for all of it. But at the same time, that defensive coordinator knows, I don't know what to do with that guy. We can't put a linebacker on him. Yeah, what is he to a defense? What is he? Is he a receiver? Is he a, a a lineman? Who knows? Like he's, I mean, he's and and you know what? His pro football focus grade last week against Baylor will tell you because people should say, well, how good is a blocker? Is he's a pretty damn good blocker, and he can get up and get physical with you. So when you go to eleven or twelve personnel, you can still run the ball. And this is where we've seen Texas. I think if you go back and watch these these twenty one point spurts, it's when I, you know, I call it when we're doing the in game thing on on. Uh, on Texas football, inside Texas, watch with us. I call it the attack. When they go into attack mode, where they get that first first down and then they're going, and JT, I mean, they they come at you. And it's all it's going to do is force a mistake on the defense. All, and all Quinn's doing is either, okay, read the box, we're going to hand off, or we're going to go. Uh, but there's going to be a mismatch. And I think JT Sanders is the single biggest mismatch they have, especially because they, they're so dedicated on trying to get X-Man the ball that teams, you know, the defensive coordinator can say, okay, who are we going to double? It's going to be X, which means JT single, AD Mitchell single. Um, you know, this this just opens up this whole offense to okay. Well, how do you stop that? And as they get more and more consistent, and defenses get worn down as the season goes on, and they have less and less time to practice and put in you know new wrinkles. I think that's why I say these next two games before their bye week, if they get through them and they're undefeated, look out, because then you have an extra week to get ready for the final six games, which you know. Right now, none of your six games left after that are ranked teams, um, and you know. So now you don't just start playing for Big Twelve championship; you're playing for the Final Four. Yeah, and you guys said it on this show that that you know Quinn has the ability this year. Like last year, I think he had to press some. There was pressure on well, him. He was he thinking had, too much. He was yeah, trying to learn. Well, and he had to come through. There was a lot of it on his back. Whereas this year, you can if we get game manager Quinn. Like we'll be fine if Quinn can cut, like come in there like just you know take care of things. He doesn't have to be flashy. He doesn't have to do too much. Just work within the offense like that. It's it's going to translate to to ball movement and you know points likely. Right. Well, think think of the the national championship Sark won at Alabama. Mac Jones was pretty much a game manager. Yeah. He just had an elite players all over the field, and he was just a point guard getting the ball to where it needed to be. And they had Najee Harris, a thousand yard running back. This is where Jonathan Brooks emerging. 
Because that was the big question for Texas. Well, who's going to bring the run game? Who's going to replace Bijan and Rojo? Uh, well, guess what? Jonathan Brooks has stepped up and said, that's me. I'm going to have that job. And he's had you know, a great fourth quarter against Bama, huge games against Wyoming and Baylor. We'll see if they can carry that into the Kansas game. Because they can run the ball with everything I just said about JT Sanders and the versatility. Look yeah. at Well, we have haven't even time. gotten to see C.J. Baxter. Like, Baxter, there's a reason that guy was the number one running back recruit in America. Like, he's he can, he runs the ball and he runs hard. And I think he's he's been banged up pretty much the well, whole year. And the one-two combination of he and, and C.J. and he and Brooks moving Brooks, forward could yeah. be really scary. Well, and Jaden Blue comes in, too. Like, I, mean, I know he had that fumble that probably put him in the doghouse. But that guy's got more wiggle than anybody. I remember that spring game. He put he put a couple guys Ton in of the weapons. dirt. Yeah. Ton of weapons. All right, and uh, I do think J.T. is the key. Somebody said, can, can J.T. teach uh, Donnie Mitchell to block? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, AD struggles at times, but he still scored a bunch of touchdowns already. We'll be back when we do at Setlist ATX. Uh, our man Nick, who's in on his birthday, will lead us through the best live music shows in the live music capital of the world. You love your sports, but you love your music. We'll get the roadmap next. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook him up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hey, look who it is. It's time for Setlist ATX with Nick Shuley, who's happened to be here for the last couple of hours and all day yesterday. Uh, because Rod Babers is still doing daddy duty. He's going to be back. The next time we'll hear Rod is Saturday at our pregame for Texas and Kansas. He's got his family coming in, his wife's family, later in the week. So he'll, he'll be at home helping out mama and baby. Until then, and he'll join us on Saturday. So looking forward to that return and still looking forward to hearing the name of that new baby. We don't know yet. I know. They have, may have named it and chosen. They just haven't told us yet, and we're pushing for Beyonce. <laughs> hey, by the way, before we get to the music, can I, can I play this? Speaking of names, Ty, I sent you this music. Remember we told you uh, this week that the, the, the Miami Dolphins running back, Devon A-Chain? <laughs> De- at, Devin or Devon? <laughs> we don't know. Well, here we go. This is why I found this for us. We now know. So while he was still at Texas A&M, our friend Brent Zwarneman, who we've had on the show many times, who covers Texas A&M for the Houston Chronicle, asked him how to say his name. So can we hear this? This is this is this is uh, we could have done this. Who said this? But I wanted to get this out there. Here we go. Uh, listen, and now we we'll all know how to say the name of the Miami Dolphins running back who had over 200 yards rushing last week. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news. Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, Brent Tornemann, Eastern Chronicle. Okay, I know they just pronounced it, but I'm going to have you pronounce your first and last name once and for all for us, if you don't mind. Uh, Devon Achan. Got it. Devon Achan. There you go. Did you say Chan or Chan, Chan. at the end? Kinda, Chan. I kind of heard the E at the end. Devon Achan. <laughs> Devon. So if you picked Got him it. up on your fantasy football team this week, which everyone did, Devon Achan. 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 Thank you. Thank you very much. It's good knowledge. By the way, did you see that Raheem Mostert? The running back said if they had a race of the Dolphins, he would win it. Oh, wow. Hands down. Who wouldn't pay to watch that? Who's the fastest Miami Dolphin? That, I mean, that's, that's, that team is a bunch of track stars. And, and Raheem Mostert, the kid out of Purdue, says he would be the fastest. Hands down. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, D- Achan, uh, all these dudes. He I, says he would win. I've never seen anyone move like Tyreek Hill. Like, so <laughs> I, I, would, I would probably No one's ever on been him. quick. I mean, Quick quick and fast at the same time. Like oh, him. He's impossible to stop. 
Uh, all right, what do we have? Let's get the set list ATX. This is every Wednesday at 9.30. We do the live music that uh, you need to be checking out. We always put it up at the website, and if you want to go find a, find a show because you're thinking, man, I want to go see some music, you can go look each night as uh, we post it, and uh, our man Nick brings his picks. He is the, uh, the the president of the Austin Music Movement, doing great things for live music in the ATX. What do we have tonight? we got three good shows? Yeah, we got a big pop show at Moody Amphitheater. we got Kim Petrus. As well as uh, 80s mall sensation Amy Grant will be playing the the Paramount Theater, and, and I know she's she's done a lot since then. But uh, I, all I hear she's is, still married to uh, Vince Gill. That's a, am I right about that? That's a great question. Eagles Eagles member Vince Gill. Yeah, uh, that, I don't know. But Baby Baby, that song I I, I still hear that song every time I hear her name. Um, oh, she's married to Gary Chapman. She was she was married uh, to Vince Gill, but she's not anymore. Not anymore. And then uh, a star, star Studded oh, no. Week. She is still married to Vince Gill. I'm sorry. They, she was married to Gary Chapman until 1999, then married Vince Gill, and she's still married. Oh, wow. To him. Thank you very much. I did not know that. And that, speak, speaking of uh, of stars, uh, Dog Star will be playing Emos, which for those that don't know, has a very famous, I believe, bassist. His name is Keanu Reeves. So that, that'll be a cool one, who's apparently the most legendarily nicest human on the he's earth. He's got a band called Dog Star. Dog Star. Yeah, they I I actually saw them at Liberty Lunch when I was I gosh, probably in high school. Yeah, so. Keanu Reeves is legendarily known as one of the nicest people. Like he'll ride like mass transit in LA and he'll just be sitting on the bus or on the the train. He's also had one of the most tragic lives. I know, is that right? I mean, like his entire family has died like in tragic and, he, and he just is like the most positive. Like I, I, I you know, I, I, he seems like legitimate, like an incredible human, and all all this stuff you see. Who knows if that's you really know, PR? But uh, but it doesn't seem like it. He seems like a genuinely great human. Tragic, huh? That's like the Eric Clapton life. Yeah, Eric Clapton's life has been that way. That's how you write as, those songs? Golly, no kidding. Uh, all right, so that's <laughs> Dog Star Emos tonight. <laughs> Amy Grant and Kim Petrus. What about Thursday? Thursday we got Group Love, an awesome indie band. They'll they'll be playing Stubbs, uh, local favorite, kind of Americana. Um, Harvest Thieves will be doing the San Jose Courtyard. That's a neat little thing they do down there. Uh, Cotton Mather, who's uh, if you're a fan of the Replacements or kind of some good kind of you know '90s rock, Cotton Mather's great. They're playing 310 at ACL Live. And then Friday, uh, I know Mark Higgins will be there, and, and I, I wish I, I would be there. Be there. Wilco, uh, Wilco's playing Moody Amphitheater. That will be phenomenal. Yeah, <laughs> Mark will definitely be down there. I I will explain why I won't be there in a moment. But then uh, at the same time, man, it's gonna be a, gonna be crazy down there. Depeche Mode at Moody Center as well. That one will be big. Uh, indie favorites, Youth Lagoon will be playing Antones. And uh, soul soul singer Corinne Bailey Ray at the Paramount. That'll be an amazing show there. Uh, famed Nashville songwriter, but also a, a great musician in his own right who just put out a great album. Brent Cobb will be playing the Parish. If you're a fan of uh, Luke Combs all the way to pretty much anything in country, he's written. He's a big time hit writer. And then the reason I won't be at Wilco, I will be at the Aces at Emos, who are this band that a, a good girlfriend of mine, Julia, started managing along with a buddy of mine, George. And they're an indie girl group from Los Angeles. And it was one of those where your friend sent you something, you promise you'll listen to it. And then, you know, I kind of begrudgingly listened to it on a drive back from San Antonio. And the record's phenomenal. I'm actually really excited about the show. So the Aces at Emos, that's a good one. Uh, and then back on the Hollywood tip, the Bacon Brothers, which includes Kevin Bacon. How old is he now? <sighs> I, I'm, let's get let's guess. I'm gonna guess 62. Kevin Bacon, uh, 62. I think That's I'm going guess. over, going over, going over with that. He is 65. Dang, I was close. Still married to Kira Sedgwick. 
the Hollywood actress. But Kevin mm-hmm. Bacon, who's been, if you're my age, he's been a part of your entire life. Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, Footloose and uh, all those movies early, and then, uh, gosh, so many Kevin Bacon memories. Yeah. Well, he's still going. He's got a band called the Bacon Brothers. How cool is that? They'll be at the Hot Spot in Cedar Park, which the, the Hot Spot does a great job on booking. They get a lot of good stuff uh, through there. Uh, and then our giveaway at the Saxon Pub will be a group called uh, Porter Davis, which is a, a, a really, really good bluesy group. They will, uh, they'll be playing there, and Joe Abels has graciously offered up two tickets to that one, which we'll, Thank you, Joe. we'll do in a second. And then Saturday, Indie Darlings, Postal Sl- Service slash Death Cab for Cutie with very similar members in both bands. We'll be playing Germania Amphitheater for every uh, indie kid that will be packed. Uh, another good indie band from, from Austin, Bright Light Social Hour. I really like them. They'll be playing Mohawk. Uh, Asher Roth, who was kind of the uh, pick to be the next uh, kind of big hip-hop. I don't know. He was. I love college. Yep. And hey. he was supposed to be the next Eminem. I don't know. He kind of he tailed off, but uh, he'll be playing Empire Control Room. He'll be playing that, that song for oh, sure. Oh, 100%. Probably a few times. <laughs> Local favorite Mobley will be playing at uh, – uh, uh, originator studios which is a place i'm not familiar with but mobley's one to see if you haven't seen him he, he puts on an incredible show uh electric six a great rock band will be playing continental club that night and pop sensation tate mccray for all you tiktokers will be at acl live and then my pick for when you finish the ut game get your rear end down to green hall Lori mckenna is playing there and if you haven't seen her i cannot stress how great a songwriter she is she has these songs she has a song called uh, people get old, humble and kind. She's written songs for some of the biggest artists. Like it, yeah, you she's know. a Nashville-based Americana singer, but she writes Taylor Swift songs. She's yeah, she's written Taylor <laughs> Swift hits, and but the music is not that. It is it is some of the best Americana songwriter, and she's phenomenal storyteller, the sweetest lady. I cannot stress enough. If you like singer songwriter stuff, get your butt to well, Green humble Hall for and that. kind went to number one with Tim McGraw. Yep. She also uh, wrote Girl Crush for Little Big Town, which was a number one. She wrote songs for Lady Gaga and them on the, on the uh, Always Remember Us This Way, the Lady Gaga song for A Star Is Born. She wrote that. Well, She's it, great. The crazy part about it is she has this ability to write these very catchy radio songs, but her music is this like completely like just well, incredible when heartfelt. Her, when, and when you hear her sing those songs that went to number one, they're different. Yeah, way different. Right. Yeah. And she wrote them, but that's, I've always said this, whenever, you know, when, when Mac, Mac Brown and Matthew McConaughey and Jack Ingram do the Mac, Jack and McConaughey, there's a big concert every Thursday night, and it's been like Chris Stapleton and all these huge acts, but the Friday night is the songwriter series, and yep. Jack Ingram puts that together, and she was, she's been there a couple of times. Yeah. And it's our, it's, it's just such a great night of singer-songwriter music, but, you know, there are a lot of people that they want to write songs and make money writing their music and then playing it sometimes, but they don't want to travel, they don't want to be Taylor Swift, they don't want to be superstars, and all that goes. I mean, that's a grind to be a touring performer. I mean, yes, it's glamorous, but it is a lot. It's not that glamorous. And if you can live in Nashville (laughs) and raise a family and make money and then occasionally go play Green Hall, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, she she does it right, and it's it's – the, like that, if you can listen to that song, People Get Old, without getting a little teary, then you're a robot, so (laughs) – uh, but anyway, back to uh, to Sunday. Josh Ritter, another incredible songwriter, will be playing the Paramount. Uh, enormous uh, Mexican group RBD will be playing uh, their, uh, the Moody Center, which is a big one for them. Uh, RC Drive, a great up-and-coming band. I saw them at uh, South by Southwest. They'll be playing the Parish. Mark Wills, who's a big country artist, will be doing the hot spot on Sunday. 
And then this is one that I was very interested in. So Bill Schoening and friends will Bill be Schoening, playing Saxo Pub. Yeah, I saw him promoting this on Facebook. Bill Schoening, the voice of the Spurs, former voice of the Longhorns, and so, great friends. So is he a musician? Oh, big time. Okay, I didn't oh, know yeah, he's that. Been, he's been... Since I've known Bill, when I first got into radio uh, in the late '90s, he's he would always have his guitar. And I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, yeah, so he'll be doing the Saxon, and uh, he's a good, great friend of the Saxon. Joe Abel's always talks about. Shoney grew up a huge fan of Jim Croce and the Boss and all those. He grew oh, up in cool. Philadelphia, so um, yeah, Shoney, uh, Shoney and friends at Saxon Pub Sunday. <laughs> get on out there! Come on now, we we'll have to get Shoney on the show this week and promote that. Seriously, program. that, on, that would be fun. Uh, and then on Monday, they, they they do this on the first of the first Monday of every month, the BMI Songwriter Series, and Mitch Ballard and the great folks at BMI host this. And it is uh, it's benefiting Home this week, which Home is an awesome charity that helps uh, uh, elderly musicians find housing and kind of takes care of them as they as they kind of age out. And uh, it's it's definitely worth going to, and you get a lot of good up and coming singer songwriters there. Uh, and then Tuesday, we've got a good in-store at Waterloo. It's actually a listening party for the new Sufjan Stevens record, so another another big indie one. That's how you say his name, Sufjan? I believe so. Okay. I, you know, don't don't ever trust me on the pronunciation. Sufjan, but. Sufjan, I like it. Waterloo yeah. Records Tuesday. Also, two more, three more for Tuesday. Yeah, Joji, uh, who's an enormous Japanese star, will be playing at Moody Center. Uh, Black Veil Brides, a, a good kind of metal punk band, will be doing ACL Live. And then old school kind of punk metal legends, Melvin and Boris are at Mohawk. Cool. Great week. And I will be at that Wilco show on Friday. That's Pretty eager to check that out. And they've got a new album coming out that day. They're, ne- they're I mean, They just churn out albums. But they, are, they have an album called Cousins, Wilco, that's dropping on that day. And I just checked. They played Tulsa last night, and they played two songs off the new record. So... Including the the titles track, so we'll see. I don't oh, know. So what they're the, playing the old stuff. That's cool. Well, they're playing new and old. I yeah. mean, and they also had a great double album out, out right after COVID called Cruel Country, which mm-hmm. is more of a it was a great album. And uh, Wilco's been doing it forever and ever. So we're looking forward to that. So so uh, Higgsy will be there. Oh yeah, he'll he's be a big there. Wilco fan. Wilco out of the out of Chicago, Illinois. Uh, and that band, they'll be there Friday night. So I will be. And I've never been to the Moody Amphitheater, so I'm excited to check you'll, out. A you'll show like there. it. At night, it's beautiful with the the kind of skyline. Well, you got Moody there, and you got Depeche Mode playing over at Moody Center. Some parking's gonna be fun. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll Uber or something. Got the Bacon Bro- Brothers with Kevin Bacon. So good stuff with Setlist ATX. We'll come back with full tales. We'll also give away these tickets. We got Porter Davis playing Saxon Pub on Friday. I bet you if you're nice there, they might give you some tickets to see Bill Shoning and friends on Sunday. If you want to win those tickets, call her five right now, 447-3776. It's 447-3776. Uh, that is now our new text line number as well. We're coming back with Who Said That here on Hook'em Up. Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? All right, who said it? And Rod Babers were here, which he will be back after he uh, takes care of uh, being, a, being a dad for a couple days. Uh, <laughs> we will play audio for one another and try to guess who it is. But with Nick Shuley being here, we'll just play some audio and talk about it. Uh, a little, little change of pace. Uh, but first, somebody texted during the live uh, the setlist ATX and said, I heard A-Chain when Devin... Uh, Devin uh, okay, let's hear it again. I heard that too. I heard okay, the E let, at the let, end. we got to turn this up. So this is... Um, we're trying to... To finally get to it. So Devin, the running back for the Miami Dolphins, formerly of Texas A&M, who was a track star and running back, was asked by our friend Brett Zwerneman back in college what how to pronounce his name. So let's listen to it, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll see what we hear here. Hey, Brent Zwerneman, Houston Chronicle. Okay, I know they just pronounced it, but I'm gonna have you pronounce your first and last name once and for all for us, if you don't mind. Uh, Devon Achan. Got it. I heard Achan. I heard the Sam. E at the end. I, I heard Achan. I heard A-Chan. I don't know. I heard A-Chan as well. I, heard I mean, I, yeah, it, it was definitely the Chan was stronger, but then at the end. 
Uh, I also want to play <laughs> you this. A-chan. Yeah. A-chan. Yeah, okay, Devon, A-chan. Done. I'll also, let's play this. <laughs> this, will, this could be who said this. Who said this? Because we know all these guys do podcasts now. Micah Parsons, all these players are doing podcasts. And how about this little uh, provocative nugget from one of the best players in the NFL? You're doing, you're going to be all over, huh? You're going to be doing TV, everything. Huh? Nah, when I retire, bro, I really want to be a porn star, though, bro. Like, dead serious. <laughs> Can you guess who that was? Who wants to be a porn star when they retire? Do that again, Ty. I need that is it, again. Is, are we talking NFL? Right? Yes, okay. yes. You're doing, you're going to be all over, huh? You're going to be doing TV, everything. Huh? Nah, when I retire, bro, I really want to be a porn star, though, bro. Like, I'm, I'm just going to go, since we just talked about Tyreek Hill. Yes! How, I, I don't know how I was right on that. I don't know how. I don't, uh, anyway. <laughs> Does anybody get into porn and like after they've been super successful? Isn't that what you do when you're trying to climb? And um, that, that lady from Saved by the Bell. Who's that? The redhead one. Okay. Oh, really? She did like, I want to be in this? Name? I think it was Saved by the Bell. Jesse Spano. One. I'll, I'll get back to you on that. Um, Ty's the expert on that realm. Well, I just remember Tyreek from that interview talking about how he drives a minivan. Have you ever seen this? And it's it's an incredible interview because he uh, <laughs> he talks about how he doesn't want people to like rob him or do anything, so he just drives around a minivan so nobody will know that he has money. And it's a it's a great interview. He's, I love that, and he's hilarious. Well, now he wants to be. He wants everybody to see all of them. You know what I'm saying? And we know he's fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, man. maybe there's something with the minivan in that. All right, I wanted to play this for you. I should have played it last week. Blame me, but uh, I don't know if you missed it. So, so you know, on that show on ESPN that Stephen A. Smith hosts, I don't know what it's called. Maitland Ward is the Maitland person, Ward is the person I was thinking of. Okay, mm. who's now an adult entertainer? And Dustin Diamond, Jamie Foxworth, or some examples. Uh, of Dustin Diamond was a uh, Screech, right? Mike Mike D he, from the he Beastie does, Boys. He does brother. adult entertainer shows now. Yeah, mm. Screech. Just looked up some. Don't do that. You're gonna get our our computer's gonna get shut down. Crotch. Uh, <laughs> Dan Benson from Wa- Wizards of Waverly Place. Okay, okay. I wanted to play this because uh, you know that show on ESPN that's got uh, Stephen A. Smith and they kind of rotate hosts in now. Michael Irvin, uh, Shannon Sharp, and now it's uh, now they got this guy Chris Russo, the Mad Dog out of New York, who's been doing radio in New York forever. Mad Dog. Did you hear him last week? This is a classic line. He was at. They asked him how he's going to sit back and watch the Oregon Colorado game, right? They were talking about, and that game ended up having 10 million viewers. Here was Chris Russo's plan, and see if you get any of you people out there who love a Saturday game day when you're kicking back and chilling out watching football, if you can relate to Chris Mad Dog Russo and his routine. Yeah. So I am going to. I'll get a run in. I'll take the two dogs, Bo and Riley, for a walk. At about 12 o'clock, I'll sit down. I'll make an early cocktail. I'll cut a gummy in half. What's a gummy. A gummy. I'll cut a gummy in half. Keep listening. I'll cut a gummy in half. We got Florida State Clemson. I like the Florida State quarterback. I'll do something there. At about 325, when I'm sauced, I'm not driving in the house, 325, I'll put the call in to Fat Rob. 718-504, I'll put the call in to Fat Rob. Rob, you know what? What the hell? I can't root for Oregon. All right, you know, I'll pretend on TV. Put... Ten dimes on Colorado. It's probably Colorado and Dion. That's been a game. So by 325, I'll be sitting down with my shorts, little T-shirt, cocktail. I'll have the other half of gummy. Oh, you save it for later? I'll have half. I thought you were just rationing it. You're going to swing the tennis racket while you're doing that? You're going to swing the tennis racket. What am I going to swing? You're just extending the moment. So by 330, I'll I'll have ABC. It's on ABC, right? 
Yeah. Is this a Fowler game with Herb Street? I'm sure know. it is. I don't know. A Herb Street and Fowler. Well, why wouldn't it's, they be in there? They got to be there. The Colorado Oregon game. Yeah, yeah that's fine. And I love those two. I love Herb Street. Herbie, he watches all the time. He always texts me. So I'll go out there and I'll put the game on at 3:30. On our route, I haven't like heard from Dickens. Herbie in years. The only time I've heard from Herbie is when I showed them in Jackson State last year. Uh, You've got friends, too. There you go. Okay. I will bet the ranch, and I will root crazy for the buff on Saturday. Here you go. Yeah. He is us. <laughs> Who is what? that? That was uh, Chris Russo, the mad dog. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's going to walk his dogs, then sit back right for the kickoff of, of the noon games. Here it's 11. Half a gummy. Get a little cocktail. Get good and sauced by 2.30 for the 3, 2.30 game. Sounds like you, Ty. What in the world is this? That's all I wanted for my birthday was that. That's it. <laughs> that's the I'm Ty good. seal of approval, right? Yeah, that's. I mean, that sounds about right. And what time do you get out to the Deep Eddie Cabaret? That's after more. All? That's more of a Sunday NFL situation for me, where I don't leave. The past two weeks, I haven't left my. Last week it was my bed. The week before was my couch. <laughs> all of Sunday. I the entire it. day. Well, you know, so on Saturday, because I know Ty went out Friday night. Saturday, we did the pregame show for the Texas-Baylor game over at Doc's Backyard in Sunset Valley, and Ty was there helping to set up. And he looked like he just woke up at like 3 in the afternoon. <laughs> I, I I had been awake, but I had <laughs> been hungover running errands all day, and then it was a little hot out there at Doc's Backyard. It was warm. Good crowd, uh, though. We, we had a good crowd. The sweat was good for you. Sweated out, you know, and then I— I had fun the rest of the night. Because then you went right back to drinking. I saw you there when I was that's leaving. It's the best way is to jump right there back the on. There's the dog. Yep. Hey, can I—there you go, Chris Russo. One other I want to play because it's the uh, talk of— Everything, not sports radio, but uh, this is the official Kelsey's brother's take on Taylor Swift being at the Chiefs game on Sunday. We got to talk about it. Yeah, my personal life, that's not so personal. Yeah, well. <laughs> I did this to myself, Jason. I know this. Well, Trav, um, how's it feel that uh, Taylor Swift has finally put you on the map? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was awesome how everybody in the suite had nothing but great things to say about her. You know, the friends and family. She looked amazing. Everybody was talking about her in great light. And on top of that, the day went perfect for Chiefs fans, of course. We scripted all, ladies and gentlemen. But um, <laughs> to see the slow motion chest bumps, to see the right. high fives with mom, to see how, you know, Chiefs Kingdom was all excited that she was there, that was absolutely hysterical. It was definitely a game I'll remember, that's for damn sure. And then we just slid off in the getaway car at the end. I mean, everybody's talking about it. Everyone, literally. Everyone, Marketing. even Bill Belichick. He hasn't Dude, talked much about me about outside that? of, you know, game weeks that we've played, but he... Made sure to remind me that that's the best catch I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Dude, that was a great line by Bill. Hilarious. And then you got Coach Reed telling everybody he's Cupid. He's been manifesting this the whole time. He's the one that set us up. Is there any truth? All right, there you go, the Kelsey's. I still feel like this was staged. I, I do too. You guys know how I feel about this. I don't think there's a real relationship happening here. NFL he, he could do better. I think it's genius. He has done better if you look at his uh, past lists. But um, soft six. <laughs> Soft six. Taylor Swift. More than that. Uh, send me the picture I sent to you the other day. Tell me that's a six. It's manufactured. What are you talking you about? Can't look at. She has no curves. Her, she has a most basic face ever. She's not even that good She's at singing. The girl next door. She writes great lyrics. Has has catchy songs. <laughs> she walked in this room right now, or walked into, into any place you are. Don's Depot. You would do do this. <laughs> All right, no relationship though. I think this was no, Taylor not. Swift PR. Mm. 
I think it's genius is what it is. It is pretty Both genius. Parts. The fabulous fifth quarter coming next on a Wednesday. Uh, we'll get you, again, this breaking news from Texas A&M. Tough news for sure. Longhorns prepping for Kansas. Sark swears they're not going to overlook Kansas with that Oklahoma game looming. No trap here. And more to come. It's Ian Rod B. Hook them up.